Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Scott Stedman Podcast. Uh, it's a cold day. I'm actually in Ohio now, so I've just moved out of Virginia. I'm in my father-in-law's house in a little tiny room with a bunch of screaming kids in the background. So if you hear something, don't worry, they are all right. Uh, but, <laughs> but joining me is Micah Current, who's also in Ohio. How are you doing, Micah? I'm good. I didn't leave Ohio. I'm, I've been in Ohio. So um, yeah. <laughs> your kids are already up. They get up at six o'clock in the morning. Why do you think I'm always like, hey, let's record in the morning because I'm already up. I'm already caffeinated. I'm already ready to go. Well, God bless you. Do your cats not wake you up at like six o'clock in the morning? <laughs> no. <laughs> they don't like go and like lay on your face and smother you and you have to like go get off me. So, so we have three cats and they can go anywhere they want in the house, but they don't sleep in our room. Mm. We tried that early on and it was like, it would be fine. Two, three o'clock in the morning, uh, boom, they would jump on our bed and jump on us. And I just, I was like, that's not happening. So they. Yeah, set, good job to set a boundary with those cats. Boundaries yeah. are good for yes. kids and for cats. So they, they, uh, they sleep anywhere else. And most of the time when I get up and, you know, which I get up pretty early most days, they, um, they're sleeping like on the couch downstairs or they're sleeping in their cat tree or, you know, looking out the back door or something, but they're cats are great. They take care of themselves. <clears throat> All right. So let us go ahead and talk about, um, I thought you were going to say, let us pray. Let us <laughs> like, like the old school. <laughs> like, like, the, like, old past, like old pastors. Yeah. That's great. Cat. Let us pray. Let us pray. <laughs> <laughs> No. So again, we started this new segment. We didn't do it during our church communication one, except I made it kind of right in the middle with talking about the whole Ukraine thing. But um... Oh, before we dive into that segment, Scott, yes. we, we took a trip over the weekend. My wife and I took a day trip and we listened, we actually listened back to those episodes because we were talking about, we weren't sure if we were able to get our point across, but I thought it went really well. But my wife, we got to the point where you were talking about the Ukraine announcement thing and my wife the look on my wife's face if i could have took a picture and like put it on your your social media or something or <laughs> put it on something to promote it like her face was like <laughs> that really happened yes it did yes it did <laughs> oh goodness oh wow so michael what was the weirdest thing that that you experienced this week well i i don't know if it's um i can't i think it kind of goes in um in line with with you guys moving recently and um, being pastors and being pastors' kids and moving, um, you know, we moved a lot when I was a kid. Like I think my dad stayed an average about seven years everywhere he was at. So um, in my life, at least, uh, there were two places that were um, significant to my growing up. So like I spent seven years uh, in one place and seven years in another um, before going to college. And over the weekend, my wife and I took a day trip. Uh, are you familiar with Coshocton, Ohio? Yes. Do you know where mm -hmm. that is? Okay. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So my dad pastored at the Church of God in Coshocton for seven years. And I was, I think when we got there, I was either in third grade or had just finished third grade. And I was there until I finished middle school in eighth grade. So um, there's some, it's a cool little town. Um, we, uh, we took a trip. We went up there on Saturday and we drove. It's about two and a half, three hours. And we uh, got up early Saturday and drove up there. And it just so happens that the the church that my dad pastored was having a rummage sale or like a garage sale or they were getting rid of things. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I reached out and I said, hey, I would love to see the church. I haven't been there since I was a kid. Um, would just love to see what it looks like. If it still looks the same. What changes have you made? You know, et cetera, et cetera. And um, we got there and we drove around town and I showed my wife where I went to school. I showed her where we used to live. I showed her, you know, all these different places within that community. And then we went to the church and it was just the whole day. I just kept saying, this is weird. This is so weird because like you get all these emotional flashbacks mm -hmm. of, oh, yeah. of, of, of being a kid again. And some things change, but some, you know, things don't and some things just stay the same and it's just a it's just a bizarre happenstance and 
you know, I go into the church and just flooded with these emotions. And, um, you know, I see all these, they, they, uh, well, my dad was there, they celebrated 40 years of ministry as a church and they had this big celebration and, um, on their Christian education wing, they made this, like, I don't want to say a mural, but like they did like, like a kind of a history of the church and they, um, posted pictures or, or printed pictures of every pastor that had been there, right. From the start of the church to when my dad was there and like, uh, the pastor and his wife and under it, like the ministry of the church, the early years and the ministry of the church while well, this pastor was there and so on and so forth. And we got to the, uh, got up to the point of where my dad was there and they've continued that tradition, you know, even after my dad has left and they've pretty much just put a picture of every pastor that had been there. And so, um, uh, I've shared it on this podcast and, and others that I've recorded on that uh, my mother passed away a little over a year ago. It was a year in July mm-hmm. and going into that church and seeing all these pictures of my mom. Mm-hmm. So healthy and so young and so like full of life. It was just a, it was just a whirlwind of emotions. Wow. And um, it was, it was great. It was like, I think it was needed from a healing perspective just to oh, see, yeah. see my mom like in a healthy state. Um, the weird part of that is, so there's this, this, this weird, like, I don't know if any of that was weird. Um, and it wasn't the weirdest thing. I think, no, I think it, um, yeah, go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I was going to say, no, I think it is weird because I mean, it is when you, when you kind of go back to places that you haven't been to for years and you're able to kind of, it's almost like opening up a time capsule and you're able to see yeah. like all the stuff that was placed in it, but this one's like your life and, and the emotions and the things that you have. So, you know, and it's in some way it is a moment of healing and that's okay to be able to have. Well, in most cases, feelings. pastors sometimes leave and they don't leave on the healthiest of terms yeah. and, and they leave just to get out of there or they've, they've taken another job because they don't feel like they should be there anymore for one mm-hmm. reason or another. Um, you know, <clears throat> my dad was there for seven years and, I don't remember. I was too young to know why he left. I know that he got another church and left after seven years. But um, the weird piece was, I guess it's twofold, right? The people that we reached out to um, that were at the church that day uh, who let us in, let us see the church, they were there when I was a kid. And I thought that they were old then. And they're still alive. So like it's it's just amazing to see the the reflection of how um you know young you see yourself and how old you think people are and then like you know fla- uh, fast forward 20 years and then they're still old or they're really old at that point and you're older um but the weird piece of it was scott like so we get there we say hello and you know people were super nice and super glad to see us and they haven't seen me in you know 20 years uh mm-hmm. but it's but it's but my wife and I were walking around the church and it was like one of the people, they were older. Um, they like escorted me around the church. Like they were afraid that I was going to do something. I don't know. It felt really weird mm. um, that they, they were like, you know, here's the church and you know, this, here's this and this and this. And I was thinking, I'm like, why are you, my wife's like, why are they following us? Like, I, like they think we're going to take something or, or mess yeah. something up. It was just, it seemed very territorial. Right. Yeah. And um, that was weird. And then, you know, obviously we went, you know, and visited the the community and we ate there and we walked around and, and did all these things, but it was just super weird. Cause, and, and Scott, I don't think most people understand that uh, because, yeah. you know, you've moved, I've moved, my wife is a military kid and has moved, you know, we have just a different perspective on, on being in one place and going to another. And I think as I've gotten older, that's part of the reason I don't want to travel so much and I don't want to uh, move around or I, I feel like the first time in my life I'm comfortable and I don't have to worry about moving again. I, it, yeah. It's weird. It's just, it's just the weirdest feeling. So that was my little weird adventure over the weekend. And it's just, it's so different to go back to a church that your, your dad's pastored and, and I'm sure like Scott, if you in 20 years you went back to Virginia and, and went to the church that you were at for six or so years and like yeah. to see how different it is, like you would probably like be flooded with all sorts of emotions as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I and even like that, like I was even um 
Oh, what were we doing? It was sometime during vacation. We drove through Athens, Ohio, and I just thought, oh, I want to know if the Athens First Church of God is still there, because that was like one of the very first churches that actually cons- like wanted me to be their pastor, and it just didn't work out. I kind of declined for a number of reasons, but I was just kind of curious. I'm like, oh, I want to know if they're still in existence and found out they weren't, and it was just like, wow, you know, that's that's kind of weird, you know stuff like that um yeah so my weird thing actually has to go back to communication and not necessarily church communication but communication in general so it's probably been at least months at least a bunch of months that i told people that i was leaving virginia i'm moving to ohio because i just got a position to work as a family ministries pastor in the columbus ohio area so, you know, through those months, people would reach out, talk to me, you know, we talk about stuff and they say, hey, you know, we're going to miss you, et cetera, et cetera. So this past week I was somewhere and I ran into somebody and they said, oh, hey, I want to be I want to talk to you before you leave. OK. And that was kind of the conversation. That was it. Hey, I want to talk to you. All right. Nothing. Nothing. And then all of a sudden, after I loaded up the truck on Friday, packed everything up, the truck is gone. I'm now in my house blowing up a the world's worst air mattress and about to you know, get ready for bed. I get a message, a text message saying, hey, do you have time to meet in person this weekend? And I had to write back and go, no, I'm leaving tomorrow. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so then they're like, okay, what well, would be better? Would it be better to text? Would it be better to call? And I haven't responded yet because it's like, well, usually once I move to a new area, I always change my number. So not sure if I'm going to do it this time or not, since obviously things have changed where you don't really have to change your phone number anymore because you're not getting charged for making long distance phone calls as Scott, much anymore. Scott, you're dating yourself. I know, I know, I know, I know, I <clears throat> know. Um, so anyway, um, but then, isn't, that, isn't that weird too? Like when you leave a minute, we've never really talked about that, but like when you leave a ministry situation and <clears throat> people say, Hey, they're going to miss you and this, that, and the other. And then it's like radio silence. Yeah. And then like you leave. And then like 10 years later, if you go back for some sort of, you know, homecoming service, a funeral, um, a celebration of uh, anniversary of a church ministry, et cetera, et cetera. Um, some sort of big uh, special moment in the church. Like you come back and they greet you like, you're a king or a queen. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> you hated me 10 years ago when I pastored here. Well, you know that they say time kind of gives clarity, right? <clears throat> well, it, I just think it's bizarre, but go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So, but in contrast, there's another person who messaged me and said, Hey, I know you're leaving. I want to talk to you. When are you leaving? So I respond back. I'm leaving this day. They respond back. Okay. I know I'm taking some of my family out to visit family out in Maryland. I don't know if I'll be back in time to be able to talk to you or or you may be in the thick of it of packing and moving, but you know, but I would love to talk to you at some point. And it's like, okay, at least they knew, at least they said, Hey, I'd love to talk to you. Sorry. It's been, sorry, I'm doing this late. Um, and so I felt like with that way, there was more of a clear communication of what was happening instead of like, Hey, I want to talk to you. And just left it at that. Like, and I think that's kind of like going back to our church communication thing. I think sometimes, you know, when we talked about the balance between not giving enough information or giving too much information, I think a lot of it is just show sincerity in your communication. Hey, I'd love to talk to you. What would be a good time this week? Don't say, hey, I want to talk to you and just blank. Or, hey. We're having we're having a church event. This is the day. This is the time. Here's the reason why we're doing it. And please come out. It's going to be a great time. And then that's it. Like, so I, I think that when it comes to communication, you have to almost be even if you don't really have a good relationship with someone, you almost have to be relational in your communication to be able to help build that bridge and to build that connectivity and to bridge that clarity in our communication. So. Anyway, that was that was my weird 
moment in time history or experience today. Uh, so speaking of other weird things, um, this is kind of how we were starting this conversation. So during the week last week, I saw that a church said that they were not going to be doing live services anymore, that they weren't going to be streaming it. They weren't going to be doing a digital service, that they're going to use those resources to do something else, but they were going to completely eliminate their live stream for their mm -hmm. service. Micah, is it wise, or I guess, how do you think about that when churches say they're going to cancel their live stream services? And I think even deeper, what is the purpose of a live stream anyway for a church service? So a couple of things. I feel like we have to break it, break this down because yeah. <clears throat> there are um, several different reasons, rationale, um, and both sides to the story. There are, uh, you know, reasons to do it, reasons to not do it, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you sent me that. I think a screenshot or something last week about this church that decided to um, just completely can their, um, their live stream, their live stream programming. Um, first, let me say that's, I feel like that's a knee jerk reaction. Hmm. Um, so not to bring it back to COVID because, you know, everybody lived through that. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that when, when the world shut down, when our country shut down, when, churches shut down for the first time in history. And the only option that we had was to put some sort of video out there so people could connect with churches. Um, it was absolutely necessary. Um, I knew for the longest time that there were churches during COVID that didn't even do live streaming. Like they just shut the doors of their church. They weren't live streaming before COVID. They didn't live stream during COVID and they're not live streaming today. Um, I've heard numerous pastors say, we're just going to stop live streaming because people aren't coming back to church and we want them to come back to church. So we're going to stop live streaming. And I don't think that that's the right mm. att attitude to have. Yeah. Because... They're just, they're thinking, Scott, we're going to kill our live stream because people aren't coming back to church. And because we kill the live stream, these people are automatically going to come back to church. Yeah. Right. So like, yeah. I feel like the people that weren't coming to church before COVID, during COVID and after COVID had already made up their minds that they weren't going to come back to church. Mm -hmm. Right. It didn't have any bearing whatsoever, whether your church was live streaming their services or not. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a pretty crappy attitude to have, and I'm mm -hmm. sorry to say that, but I, I feel like that's a pretty crappy attitude to have as a pastor and a, and a, and a bad, uh, leadership mentality to think, oh, people are just sitting on their couches at home and they're not coming to church because we offer it online. And because we pull the plug on that, they're automatically going to come back to church. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, yeah. So here. Yeah. If, to further your question, I, I'm going to rant, I guess, right? <laughs> I, I'm on a roll. But I, Don't but I feel rant like too much. You have a meeting you have to get to. <laughs> oh, it's fine. I got 45 minutes. I, I'm watching the <laughs> clock. How many pastors I've I've watched preach over the years? Like I, I still got time. Um, we got second <laughs> service. No, I'm, um, <laughs> but like, you know, there are numerous reasons to have live streaming. Mm -hmm. There are numerous reasons. To not have live streaming. But all in all, you need to have something out there for people to see. An online product. Whether that's streaming, whether that's pre-recorded, whether that's um, you know, devotional videos. Like, there are so many different ways to reach people for Jesus other than just having your traditional worship service on Sunday morning. And I think people need to get over that and get over themselves. Mm -hmm. there i'm done yeah so yeah and i think well and it goes back to well what was the purpose for your live streaming anyway like for me when we started our live stream 
when I'm pastoring in Virginia, we were live streaming before COVID hit and mm-hmm. kind of the vision or the mission of having a live stream was, Hey, in case people are traveling from the church and they don't want to miss a service, especially if we're doing a good series that they're interested in, they can, they, they, they can feel like that they don't have to miss something when we're doing a series. So if they were gone a day because of sickness or because they had a vacation or whatever the reason is, they could go back, they could rewatch it, or they could watch it from where they are and still feel like they're connected to the church. It also gave an opportunity for people to understand the culture of the church. So if they're like, man, you know, I'm very interested in Stanton First Church of God. Let me check to see if there's a live stream. Let me watch it. Let me see if this would be a good church for me. Because I know during um, when I resigned from the church and we were looking for a church to attend, I mean, that's what Laura and I did. We were watching services of churches in the area. Okay, you know, what would be a good, what would be a good fit for us and our kids? What would not be? And kind of look at it. The other thing was, is if I was applying to churches, I check out their live streams. Okay, what type of church am you know, do they have a live stream presence? So it was, so for me, it was very good for me to really look into something to understand a church's culture, to understand if the church has a mission, has a vision, um, you know, and how they're using their live stream. If you're just using your live stream just to broadcast your live stream, and that's the only purpose that's for, is that's good, but you could do something more because again, it is a ministry. It is a ministry that should have a vision or a mission on how you're going to promote, how you're going to push that and how you're going to make that experience uh, very good for people to come. Plus, I mean, I think back to when I first started podcasting and I started paying and I could look at numbers and all the data and I would be surprised on how many listeners I had in China or how many listeners I had in, in South Africa. And it's just like people are listening to me from around the world, which I thought was weird. So even with live streaming, yeah. Well, that was, I was going to bring up that point too. Like I, I started a live stream at a church I worked at a couple of years ago and it was given to me as a task to to start that live stream and get it going from the ground up right and so when we started live streaming there were people watching we were we were in southwest ohio we were having listeners from nashville tennessee seattle washington the united kingdom uh china thailand taiwan other places all over the world that you know just because we were broadcasting it yeah and and, and it's just you don't know the global impact that you're going to have and, 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 and those people yeah. can't. And those people literally can't come to your physical location because they're they're hours and hours away. Yeah, and and you also have to think about too, like you know, my sister in law, she lives in Northern Ireland, which is part of the UK. So when UK shut down, I mean, they had really tight, tight COVID restrictions. So you were you were barely allowed to leave. There was curfew. So obviously, and especially for some of these churches, some of these churches may not have the capability to live stream. So if you can't see a live stream within your own country, mm-hmm. or within your own community, within your country, well, hey, look at what the Americans are doing and all the content I can watch. So the, yeah. So and again, if we think about Jesus talking about you know preaching the gospel to the ends of the earth to proclaim his truth, then live streaming is a way to do that. And I think when we think about live streaming as a, is it a fad or not? I don't think it is a fad. I think it's going to be something that's integral in every part of the church. Everything you're going to do is going to have to have a live stream component to it because that's something that is important now. And if you started before the pandemic, you already know that. But I think for those churches who adopted a live stream because they couldn't have in-person services, so they need to have something. I think those churches who had the mindset of we need to have a live stream so we can make sure people are participating in our church services because they can't come to a physical building. I think those are the churches that may be the ones who are kind of like, okay, we're ready to shut this thing down because you know we're not seeing people coming back 
which I think that's a um, a whole other topic because I don't really think the live stream is why people are not coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I would agree. I would and, totally and, agree with that. In my in my experiences, I think on the worst side, people aren't coming back because they felt like during the pandemic, leadership only cared about come to church, come to church, but then never really built those relationships with people. And I think it's easy to build a relationship with people when you are, it's easy to build a relationship with people when they're there, even if it's just surface relationships. Oh, how are you doing, brother Bob? Oh, I'm doing good, pastor. How's how's your knee? Oh, it's fine. And then that little minute-long conversation is just enough to say, okay, I built a relationship. But then when you have to call mm-hmm. brother Bob on the phone and talk to him and you're on the phone with him for 15, 30 minutes, that does something a little bit more to really say to them, to your church people, to your parishioners, to your church people, that you as a leader really care about them. And that was one of the first things before I started like really polishing up our live stream. First thing is I'm going to call every single person in my church and just go through the list and encourage my elders to call certain people and just talk with them and just see how they're doing during this live stream, because I know they're, they want community. Um, and I think that's a problem. The other issue too, is you may have some people who, even though COVID is still here and I don't think it's going to go away at all, it's just going to be kind of part of everyday life. You still have some people who they have family members that are set who, if they get COVID, it's still a life or death situation for them. So I think a lot of times they're not coming to church because they do have loved ones or they may be caring for an ailing parent. And it's like, well, if I get go to church and I get COVID, there's that. Which the other side of the excuse is, well, they could also be going out and eating at a restaurant too. And it's like, well, you could get COVID from there as well. So, you know, that, so I don't want to dive too much into that. But I feel like that if you were a pastor and you know your people well and you know this person's not coming to church because – they have a loved one that is does have like i don't know ms or maybe they have a loved one that served in vietnam and they got sprayed or got hit with agent orange and their immune system is completely shot then i can see okay that's kind of why they're not coming because if they get it and their loved one gets it who has agent orange then it's going to be quite a battle for them to overcome COVID, especially if there's a new variant that's more aggressive than the other variants that we have. Um, so it's it's clear for us to say, and I, I'm going to assume, Mike, it's clear for us to assume that both you and I agree that live stream services or having a live stream is very important for the church. Um when we think about live streams, in what ways have you seen live streams been great? And what times have you seen live streams have been completely awful? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think I want to go back for a second. Like you, you you mentioned, you know, having something right is, is better than having nothing. And I think during, during 2020, when we were all trying to figure this out, I think, the church I was working at at the time put a plan into action and there's more than one way to, to do ministry digitally. And it's more than just an experience on Sunday morning. Right. Mm. So like we tried, I don't, I don't want to say to reinvent the wheel per se, but we were, we were scattering to figure out, okay, okay. What can we do to, to, to keep people engaged and keep people interested? Cause we didn't know how long, none of us knew how long this was going to go on. And so we, a couple of the ideas that we did, we did what were called uh, daily devotions with a staff member. And so each one of our staff members would log on to Facebook at eight o'clock or eight 30 in the morning. We would do a daily devotional on Facebook live. That's a way to do, that's one way to do a live stream. And it's not your traditional Sunday morning experience. Um, I know that our youth pastor kind of does some goofy stuff with the students, like where he was, 
you know, filming himself, you know, doing some crazy stuff. And it was funny. And he taught a Bible lesson and all these things. And then like for our Sunday morning experience, we pretty much took everything we did on Sunday and we just put it on one video or like we, we put it on video and then I put it together, produced it and, you know, edited it so that it would be um, available for people to see. So we just replicated what we were doing on Sunday morning. But I think all those things are necessary. Um, that included video announcements and worship and online church intros and outros and slides and graphics and, and, and preaching. And one of the things we tried to do too is when whoever was teaching that week, we would try to move the location, right? Like we wouldn't just, they wouldn't just be standing in the pulpit and they wouldn't be just preaching every week. We, some weeks we would put them in an office in the church and some weeks we would put them in the children's ministry venue because the lighting was different and the backdrop was different. Some weeks we would, you know, uh, film that person in a living room of somebody's home because it was, it was more cozy, right? Like, so we, we try to reinvent the wheel as much as possible when we were pre-recording worship. Um, in references, um, in reference to your question about, you know, live streams being great or awful, um, I'm kind of a nerd, you know that because we, we, we talk about comic book stuff a lot, but like I'm, I'm, I take my nerddom is that the right word? Nerddom, nerddom mm-hmm. to a, a deeper level on Sundays. When I get home from church, I tr- traditionally just get home and I'll throw YouTube on my TV and I'll just start watching live streams. You know, I, I want to see what this church is doing. I want to see what this church's uh, stage looks like. I want to see the transitions in worship, what they're doing and what songs they're doing and, and who's playing what the instrumentation and, are they doing video announcements? Are they not? Are they doing um, lighting transitions? Are they are they doing a blended worship? Are they doing more contemporary? Are they doing three songs? Are they doing six? Is it more spontaneous? Et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but part of that, I would be lying if I uh, if I said that part of the reason that I watch those live streams on Sunday is to see, you know, if they sound good or not, if they look good or not, and. Part of this conversation, Scott, is that churches can and do have the ability to have a decent live stream, right? They have, if they have multiple cameras, they're blessed to have that kind of situation, then great. If they have a switcher, then great. If not, if it's a single camera, um, it can be okay too. Mm -hmm. But my point in all this, um, as I'm continuing to rant on your second question, uh, is that how are churches going to compete with churches like a Bethel or churches like a elevation or churches like a Hillsong or churches Mm -hmm. like, um, you know, Jesus culture or other larger, uh, larger than life churches really that, uh, have amazing, amazing video equipment and people that are full-time staff members that that's their job is to produce live stream and video content every week and crossroads another church Mm -hmm. in Cincinnati where we live. They put stellar video content online. And so um, I I would say, how, how, how could you compete with churches like that? But there are also, to answer my own question uh, <laughs> and, and, and going on this big, long detour to answer yours, I think that um, small churches that really don't believe in that kind of a ministry won't believe in that kind of ministry because they don't feel like that, that it's necessary and that it's going to cost them money, which it is going to cost them money, but it's also an investment. Yeah. Right. And it pays in dividends because you can use that, that resource for multiple reasons. Also, there are tons of free resources out there to, to utilize that ministry. Like if you just like, if you had no more than your, your iPhone and you wanted to live stream and you run the audio out of your phone into your board and you're streaming on the Facebook Live, that's better than nothing, and it's also free. Yeah. But if your church can afford a camera and do things like OBS and run OBS and run OBS out of your board, and you know get a decent camera mm-hmm. and you know have pro presenter or media shot or something like that, you can build lower thirds and and overlays and things like that, so that you're yeah, it kind of makes you look like you know what you're doing, right? So like mm-hmm. there are resources out there, but I will finally say that churches don't know what they don't know. Right. Mm -hmm. So like if they don't have the volunteers, they don't have the resources, they don't have the camera, they don't have the the proper sound equipment or the people to run it, then it's no wonder that it's not going to be good. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think for me, the times I've seen live streams been great. And, and, and again, like, I think if you have the budget to have the up, the great equipment and everything else, I think, you know, you're probably going to have a great live stream, but there's, there's one time I was watching a service of, um, it was Abingdon, uh, first church of God, the uh, church that our state director pastors in Virginia, Bob Neese. And mm -hmm. I was watching their service one time and I'm like, man, that, there's a couple things where I've noticed and I kind of sent Bob like, Hey, here's some things. But then I mentioned the camera. I go, you know, that's a really nice camera. That's, that's like a good picture quality he goes. Oh yeah. It's my phone. And I go, that's your phone. <laughs> like I was shocked that he was just recording this on his phone. And, and probably that thing that I thought was interesting. And I didn't know if he had a hookup to go into the soundboard, but I didn't hear like any like air static. Like if you're just like recording, like on your phone, you could peer like the wind or nothing. Like it was clean. It was polished. The picture looked good. The only problem was the lighting, the way the, where the camera was, there was, it was the white balance was the auto white balance was like going off. So it's kind of causing a flickering effect, which just, so I told him you might want to move your camera and he did. And you know, it, that seemed to eliminate the issue. And, and I would agree with you that, you know, the times I've seen it awful is times where you're not getting a clear sound. Like I'm, I'm a sound guy. So if I turn in your service and all I'm hearing is a static buzz and it sounds like everyone's talking in a vacuum or a cave, I'm not, I'm turning it off. I'm turning, I'm not turning it off because it's going to drive me nuts. The other thing is when someone has the camera and even if it's a single use camera and they're zooming, but they zoom too fast. Like I was watching one service and the pastor was praying and they were in was the it like this. And they're trying to, and they need to zoom out slowly because zoom in on the pastor. They pastor preached, pastor prayed, and all you need to do was zoom slow, a slow zoom out so you could get the band in the stage. And this one, it went boom, it went back, and then they zoomed back in on the pastor, and it was doing this. And I'm thinking, like, and I'm, and my wife is sitting there, she's dying laughing. I'm like, whoa, 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 like I'm, I'm like, I feel like I'm on a roller coaster, and I'm just like doing this. I'm like, whoa, like it, it was. I'm like, dude, no, we're gonna. That that needs to change. You need to train that camera operator on how to do proper zooming on the camera because that was a nightmare. Um, well, well, I've also heard too, Scott, to to back up your audio point. Like, um, I heard a guy who taught a, a clinic on video editing or production or whatever ministry production. I I said I said it in a seminar a couple of years ago, and the guy was like, "I'd rather have bad video but good audio than." bad audio and good video yeah absolutely. because at least you can turn the picture off and you can still hear it or, or not look at it and listen to it if the audio is bad then you're just toast yeah absolutely and so yeah and i think the other thing is where i've seen awful live streams and i think this might be kind of a case on why some smaller churches are starting to shut down their live streams is they just don't have good internet Mm. and 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 or like because i mean I, we didn't I even know, talk what, about internet yeah i mean well that's i mean it would be an important part but i mean if you're a country church and you can only get like i don't know HughesNet satellite which is awful and even if you pay like a good high even if you can pay for a good like high quality upload download speed it's costing you to do satellite internet a lot more than someone who has fiber optics or cable. Yeah. Right now, like I, I'm looking for internet stuff right now for the house I'm going to be moving into. And for me to get a tetrabyte, I think it's 1.5 tetrabytes of speed is going to cost me $49 and 99 cents a month, mm -hmm. which is, which is, fantastic i think the i don't think that i think that's good because i was paying 4.99 for 500 gigabytes before so five so paying 50 bucks for 1.5 tetrabytes is good but if you're at a country church and you're paying in some churches depending on what region it's not that you can just pay a flat time fee but you're probably paying per you know you're paying per gigabyte used so if you're doing a live stream and let's say you have good quality equipment, maybe you're doing a 1080p and you're recording an hour long service, sometimes that could be at least four to six gigabytes. 
every week that you have to pay for your live stream. We uh so so two things. One when we first started live streaming at the church I used to work at, that was one of the things we ran into. Like we were just streaming and then we realized that our our internet was lagging and the video wasn't so like what it takes to 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 record the video into the internet into the streaming software and then pump it back out to the internet. It just wasn't able to handle and render it in real time. So it was lagging in a sense. So we ended up, uh, you know, you know, swapping the internet that we had, which was decent, but we ended up, I don't know, we've got a grant or we had some sort of situation where we were able to get fiber to the church, which Mm -hmm. was just drastic, a drastic improvement. Yeah. Um, I did a consultation at a church last summer, uh, with a church that didn't even have internet in the church at all wow. they had no internet and they wanted me to come in and, and help them improve their live stream and they wanted their sound to be better and i was able to do a workaround and i asked the pastor i was like so what, what how are you guys streaming if you don't have internet she's like i'm using my cell phone and i'm using the data on my cell phone and i was like mm. oh, uh, okay but like this church had no internet like and she worked from home like she was never at the church we had to make arrangements to meet me at the church so that we could uh fix the, yeah. the live stream audio and she was like, yeah, I work at home because we don't have internet here. I was like, oh. So there are churches in 2021 and 2022 that, that still don't have internet, which is just shocking to me. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, and I mean, even like my parents, like they didn't even have, I think just probably two years ago, they finally introduced a fiber, a fiber internet on their street. Because before, the only way my parents could do internet was either through HughesNet and that didn't work well so that they had to like buy some type of like data hub from like Verizon or AT&T and just kind of use, because they had 5G in the area so they could just use a 5G and then just, that was the way they could only use internet out where they lived because there was no like hardwire internet that they could get into their house. Um, so kind of to wrap this up because obviously we've been talking about the importance of live streaming, how it's great, how it's awful. So what are some ways with, for churches that have tight budgets um, to have an effective live stream? Yeah, I kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, but like in 2020, when I, I lost my full-time job and I, I felt like, you know, I was being called to go help churches and consult with churches. A lot of that, a lot of it had to do with, um, with consulting and, and setting up video and live uh, streams for different churches. And, um, you know, I've talked to you about it, but there are a ton of free resources out there for, for churches that um, can't afford or don't really have the budget for live streaming. And I think that, um, you know, I don't know if you want me to name a couple, but like, I know that like there are, if you can't afford, so there's two ways to look at it, right? You can host a stream, and then pump that stream out to various platforms. Like if you have a host, like there's uh, Wirecast and Boxcast and uh, Restream. Just that's just to name a couple. Um, you can use those platforms, plug your stream in, and then when you go live, it'll plug that stream, whatever you're recording in your room, and then pump it out to Facebook and mm-hmm. YouTube and your website and your app if you have it, and do it all at the same time. Whereas if you can't afford it you can go the route of like obs for example which is mm-hmm. open broadcast software which is free scott you're familiar with that yes mm-hmm. you, you basically take that what you're videoing and then you drop it into obs and then obs does the same thing and then pumps it out to facebook or youtube or both yeah. depending on the computer depending on the internet all that has to um be considered when you're thinking of going in that route the church i just transitioned out of they were using OBS and they were taking the video and audio and then they were pumping it to Facebook. And at one point they were like, can we do both Facebook and YouTube? And I'm like, sure. But their internet and the computer couldn't handle the amount Mm -hmm. of uh, stuff that was going in and processing it at the same time. Plus the internet was too slow and couldn't handle it. So there, there are numerous ways to do things um, affordably and effectively. Like Scott, you mentioned it earlier um, you can use uh, a cell phone these days. Um, yeah. The cameras are so good on cell phones now that you can legitimately live stream. I did a couple of video projects last summer 
Um, I wasn't working full time in a church, so I didn't have access to some really nice cameras that I used to work with. So I have an iPhone 12, 12 Pro Max and the camera on that is absolutely stellar. So I was doing mm-hmm. promo videos and video announcements and and showing people how to live stream with their phones. And that's just free. The only thing you really need to do is buy an adapter and then run run your main your your left and right audio out of your board mm-hmm. into your phone. Now you need some sort of an adapter because the iPhone has the Thunderbolt or the USB C yeah. input. Uh, no, Android has USB C. We have we have, the, has, yeah, we have the Thunderbolt. Yep. So the Thunderbolt. There's like a Thunderbolt to. There's this thing I call. Uh, my friend recommended it to me about, uh, about a year ago. It was called the iRig. Are you familiar with that, Scott? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's basically a guitar audio interface. It's a portable interface that you can record guitar into like your phone with. But you can also use it for audio because um, if you plugged you know, out of your board, just your main left and right into your iPhone, the audio is going to sound horrible. But if you have this interface and bypass that, then the audio is whatever is going into your main house sound into mm-hmm. your board into your phone and it just it, it sounds clean and it sounds good and if you're if your audio if you're okay with your audio in the house it's going to sound the same online so yeah and that's free so like literally you could if you if you buy a, a cord coming out of your soundboard buy that adapter and then you just go live on facebook for example that's free yeah. but if you want to if you have a bigger ministry and you have a situation like i've worked in the situation scott where i, I worked at the church of almost a thousand people we had three really, really nice cameras and lenses that were like $7,500 a piece. Yeah. We had like $25,000 in cameras alone. Mm -hmm. And then we had switchers and we had video hubs and we had, you know, streaming software and we were streaming to Facebook and YouTube at the same time. And it it was just, it was a big production, but they put the money and they believed that it was a, a vital resource. So yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. You know, I think that's, I think that's good. And I would agree with all of that. There, there is ways you could do it on the cheap, and still have an effective live stream. I think my, my the thing I would add to that is if you're a church that you can't do live stream because you know you're one of those churches that your internet is awful. I mean, and it's like, well, we can't do a live stream because it just shuts down or the picture looks it lags, it's pixelated, and everything just looks awful. Um, the one thing I would suggest is just record your service. Yeah. Record it. That too. I mean, if you can get all the stuff done. Record it, record your service, and then right after that, if you have someone who can edit it, or depending on how you did it, you could edit it, or even if you don't edit it, if you just record right at the start, right at the beginning, then upload it. And I mean, yeah, it's like more of a video on demand type of system, so it's not a lot. And it's free. It's still free. It's still free, and at least you still have people. So those people who can't be at your service, they could still be a part of your service because you're able to. And then especially with editing, then if you have like announcements that you do or announcement slides or video announcements, you can just kind of edit that into your main clip and then just upload it. And then you can kind of create a full service based on what you're doing. So that's another way you can still have your digital ministry still kind of thrive, even though you may not be live streaming. You want to hear a crazy story, Scott? Can, yeah, sure. This is a two crazy, two crazy stories from Micah today. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not really crazy. Like, I, I, I would say crazy is is kind of an over overstated word. But like, yeah. there was a church last summer that I did uh, a live stream install for. I did a, a sound, um, sound and live stream install for them, and um, I got them a new board, Digital Snake. Got them a new iMac um, Pro Presenter. Got them a switcher. Got them two really, really nice cameras. But before, they were literally iPhone on a tri uh, a tripod or a tripod. I'm sorry, and that was all they were doing. And then I got them, you know, the the iRig that we were talking about. But the crazy part, Scott, is they're a church of maybe fifty, right? And they're getting five and six and seven hundred views every single week on their Facebook and YouTube videos. Yeah how how crazy is that that they that they're a church that small, but yet they're getting a reach. I'm just I'm I'm backing up your point about like yeah the the online footprint that they're creating because mm-hmm. people were watching their stuff and it's like it's a very traditional church too which is just mind boggling to me. Go ahead, sorry. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. And I even think about the you know I have a a pastor that is in the doctorate program with me and he actually he's he's older he's retired but one thing he felt God called him to do was to do uh, house churches in Arizona. 
and he has about 12 house churches that he oversees. And I think about, you know, even a house church like uh, that may have like eight people. Like if you have a good service and you decide to put that on there, you could still have a huge online following, even though you're a house church, which, you know, I think if there's one thing that live stream is doing or kind of what the pandemic has done, and I've said this multiple times, is that it's really challenging church leaders on different ways to do ministry, to think outside of the come to our building bubble that we've been so locked into. But again, if we are called to, again, proclaim the gospel to the ends of the earth, we have to be able to do that outside the walls of the church. And I think live streaming, video on demand, um, or even doing they like would... parking lot services or park services, those things is a way of fulfilling the commandment that Jesus had given his disciples in Acts 2. Mm -hmm. I was right. going to say da daily devotionals, like I was oh, talking yeah. about earlier. Like, I know pastors that still do those things. Like, even to this day, because they, they were like, man, this is beneficial. People watch it, people can engage, um, and it's free. All right. Well, I think this has been a good topic to talk about. And I think it's a, a very timely topic, especially as people, there's probably some pastors who are sitting around thinking, do I keep my live stream? Do I not? Uh, you know, how do I get people in, in my church? Because maybe it's because we have our live stream, like any of those type of questions. I hope you, if you're a church leader and you're listening to this, hopefully this kind of answers some of your questions you have. And if you have any more questions, feel free to reach out to us. You can, uh, you can connect with us on my website, thescottstedman.com. You can send us a message and we can kind of help you out. You could also put stuff on our podcast page, on our uh, Facebook page, uh, YouTube, all those places that this uh, live stream podcast goes out to. Feel free to just uh, email us, uh, chat with us. And, you know, if you're someone who's struggling with your live stream, you know, reach out to us. Again, Micah has experience. I have experience setting up live streams and we can kind of kind of assess your needs and kind of give you a good options to be able to do that. So guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and we'll be back uh, next week with a new episode. Take care.